0: Let's be honest, parenting can be messy and hard, but also so rewarding. In this podcast, we'll share all the ups and downs of parenthood, as well as share some of our favorite tips and tricks for parenting using both our experiences and expertise from our professional lives as a speech and language pathologist and teacher, but also our everyday lives as moms just trying to balance it all. We're so glad you could
1: join us. Hello and welcome to, and then we had kids. I'm Jenny and I'm Sheena. We are always excited to have you guys listen. And this week we, you know, it's summer and summer came on strong in Chicago. It is hot. hot, We hot.
0: We are in the middle of a heat wave, which I think actually like a good portion of the nation
1: is in this heat wave. Right. And it does you know, it does feel like summer then it's kind of like the kickoff. We didn't really get like a spring, which is typical Chi town weather. Just go from one season to the next pretty drastically.
0: or sometimes experience multiple seasons within one
1: day. Yeah, for sure. Um, that I don't know about you, Sheena, my kids are home with me. School's out. I don't have my kids enrolled in camp this year. I figured it's one of the last summers before I do a lot of scheduling. I figured like for the rest of our lives, it's going to be driving kids places, drop them off, having different activities planned. So this summer is like relatively low key. How about yeah, you? And
0: mine? So I work in the summer months, um, mm-hmm. summer school just started for my students. And my boys are doing daycare three days a week. And then what we call Gigi camp two days a week. So they are spending uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays with their grandmother. Oh, so nice. And she's keeping them entertained.
1: There you go. Yeah, (laughs) I have, um, I'm doing um, swim lessons two days of the week. And where my kids go at the same time. Okay. And then I hired a sitter this summer for two days a week. Good for you. That has been a shift for myself, having to relinquish some control. Yes. Of of like being with my kids. It is tiring. And I felt like I needed like a summer for me to like have that change in schedule a little bit. So that just started. And how was it going? It's going well. I think the beauty of a toddler or one of the many, many positive is that if it wasn't going well, I know my daughter would tell me, do you know what I mean? Like she yeah. would not to be like rude, but she would kind of out whoever was watching them. Like if they're on their phone the whole time, or if they're not having fun, she I'd be like, Oh, are you excited to see so-and-so she'd be like, no, thank you. But no, she's, it's good. She's, she's doing well. The sitter's doing well. I'm getting used to it. I've gone to like a couple of workout classes, gotten my hair dyed, just having some me time. Love it. Yes. But what that means with summer is that not only is there like a change in schedule for us, there's like a, big change in schedule and routines for our kids, right? Which can mean seeing some behaviors, seeing some tantrums, more tantrums. I mean, on the flip side, it could be like if you're just chill, everything's great and the expectations of like school and homework and anything like that, or having to get out the door at a certain time maybe a little bit more relaxed, but probably not. Uh, I mean, when you think about what the school year is like, it's very routine. And like for kids and toddlers, you know, it's so key for them to help them manage emotions, like know what's coming next, how to prepare for things, how to, you know, navigate their day. Right. And their day's summer, a lot more, it feels like their day's a lot more structured. Totally. Like predictable. They got right. it. They know what to expect. Whereas summer, it's kind of one of those where you think it's going to be better because there's maybe not as much, uh, planned, or you know, it's not school, so summer should be so much more fun. But that can also mean a little bit more stress because it's slightly more unpredictable. Well, and I think
0: sometimes people go to the opposite end and try to almost like over schedule
1: to compensate for that. Right, right. And that can
0: be exhausting too
1: for both, both parents and kids. Right, especially as like I know, like oh, we're doing this one day and then this another this a certain day that it's like, wait, where, what am I doing? Where am I supposed to be? Who am I seeing? Who's in charge of me this day? Um, so it might just take a little bit of time to get used to like summer schedules. Yeah. And my kids also go to bed a little bit later. We call it summer hours. So like, because it's nice outside. So like after dinner, we'll often like go play outside in our backyard or just get out some energy. And you know, it's not as like, not as structured. Yeah. And I think obviously the winter time. Yeah. Yeah, We enjoy it. I feel like my husband and I know if we, you know, he's working and so if he doesn't get home to like right up to dinner time that he wants to have that time to like, go have fun with our kids too. So we have our summer hours, like throw that into the mix of what we got going on. Um, with all the different changes that is something Which I think is also okay because sometimes that may mean, hopefully,
0: if you're lucky, unlike me, that your kids will sleep in a little bit later. And that's okay because they don't have to necessarily be up to get ready for school on time and right. things like that. Right. My kids still have not figured out how to sleep in, but we're working on it.
1: <laughs> it's a hit or miss. It's mostly just not mess. that consistent. Near a miss, we're a hit or miss. Usually, it's like we or my daughter comes in and kindly wakes us up and says, "I want you to lay on my floor." Okay, but so have you seen? Again, I do want to talk a little bit about. We've talked previously about this idea of co-regulation. Yep. So, as I talked about with sometimes with less structure or sometimes too highly structured with summer changes, we might see, or you might see, and if your kids are home more, you're gonna see behaviors more. And so this idea of co-regulation, of being able to help our kids regulate their emotions, those big emotions, you, I'm thinking of like frustration, anger, sadness, disappointment, worry, um, maybe even overexcited that they might seem to be quote unquote, like maybe out of control, throwing a tantrum, but with co-regulating, it's being able to keep ourselves in check so that we can help them. And it's incredibly difficult to do. And I feel like it's harder, especially with your own kids. Yeah. And
0: especially in the summer when you, you know, given a heat wave are just hot and yes. probably dehydrated and tired and your, your own basic needs maybe aren't fully being met.
1: Yes. Like you're not sleeping well. If you're dehydrated, like you were saying, if you're just like overly hot, like you're going to have a hard time when you hear the whining from your kids, when you hear them screaming, if they're throwing things, if they're obviously not listening, then Which, to be able to manage that is stuff def- is going to be more of a challenge. Right. And all of that stuff is, let's be honest, inevitable. As and, we- yes. Inevitable. And this is my mom would always tell me this. I mean, I feel like we just kind of got over this hump of a rough season with my daughter in like the three, she's turning four soon. And I remember one of my friends telling me about her son, like once he turned four, he, it was like a shift and, you know, things just really start to click in regards to being able to understand emotions, connecting the dots of pieces. And my mom would say about my daughter, like, it's very age appropriate. Yes. And I think people forget that, right? Like if you go back
0: to, I think it's like episode two, where we talk a lot about co-regulation. I give a little quick overview on the brain science, really understanding that our kids' brains are still developing. There's all of those executive functioning pieces, emotional regulation, all of those pieces. It's age appropriate for them to have tantrums.
1: Yeah. So when and you, have you say, big emotions, um, executive functioning, oh, I love executive functioning. So like the idea there's many pieces to executive functioning, Many. what comes to mind for like toddlers and kids is the like attention being organized impulse control. Um, I think of also like understanding the concept of time. Yep. Emotional regulation is and emotional regulation, executive these are, functioning. Those are all executive functioning skills. And these skills aren't even developed, fully developed until you're in your mid twenties. Yep. And I would say sometimes it's not always like people who just aren't as very organized or well, like right. and management like- is not your thing. It might not be a strong exactly. suit anyway. So expecting a three-year-old to understand, Hey, now it's time to leave the park. And then they start losing it. Yeah. It might happen. It probably right. will happen.
0: And if you say, okay, five more minutes, they may not understand what five minutes is.
1: I went to a training once, um, right out of grad school is when I was just hired at the school that where we met. And I remember going to this training all about executive functioning and there are many highlights, but one piece that has always stuck to me in regards, to, like understanding the passing of time, I'm obviously going to date myself, even though it's not. That far in the past. But watching TV shows, you know, we didn't have like pre TiVo, pre anything, you watched a show for 30 minutes. And that was like a base of time that as a young kid, like that's what I could understand. You know, it's like one episode of whatever. And that was 30 minutes. Whereas now, What do kids have to understand, like the passing of time? Like what you're saying, what does five minutes mean? What does it feel like? What does 10 minutes mean? What does it feel like? What does an hour mean? And so, not to say that you shouldn't be giving your kids, and you actually should, like previewing expectations. Like we're going to be leaving in 10 minutes. We have five more minutes. We have three more minutes. Okay. Like we're going to get ready to go. And remember we can come back this next time or something like that. Like it's important that they learn about that passing of time, but it was just super interesting of like, Oh yeah. That half hour show, that was like an internal clock for myself. Right.
0: Like they're used to watching YouTube and those videos vary in time constantly. Well, and like you there can just no pick which one. You right. just, I don't like my this. Da- I'm just going to tap now.
1: Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm cool. And just like swipes and picks the next one. So it's just, it's different. It's being able to figure out how can we still teach them these right. concepts? And it's still by telling them you have this much time left. And um, understanding that if
0: they don't get it and throw a fit, that's okay. It's not them being completely unruly, or maybe it is. But again, just like your mom said, it's age appropriate. It's very developmentally appropriate. Um, yes. Because those yes. skills just really come actually a lot later in life.
1: A lot later. Yeah, I mean, while it would be nice, we did not birth like many adults, they're kids. Right. Um, and so they just don't know yet, but they right. will learn. And the importance of it, I think I'm also seeing a shift um, in that my son who you're like your son is going to be two in the fall. And now I'm seeing like him start to push the limit, test me a little bit more, see what he can get away with. You're just now
0: seeing that because I feel like mine has been pulling that for a while.
1: Um, kind of just in like a different way. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's taken him a little bit longer. I don't know if it's just because he has like his older sister. I don't know what, who knows dynamic wise. Like, I think he's now just realizing that like he can do stuff and not only like look at me to see what my response will be, right. but also to like piss off his sister Yeah. and get a reaction. Get a reaction. So he has these little plastics set of golf clubs in the past, like few days, he's been all about like taking two, one in each hand and just like going up, acting like he's going to hit this little golf ball instead, like smack my daughter on top of the head. Ooh. Yeah. And so obviously again age appropriate in the sense of what he's trying to figure out. He's trying to figure out the world. What can he do? What can he not do? Cause and effect. Cause and effect. Yeah. All that good stuff. But what I'm really noticing is that I'm trying to also tell my daughter to like keep her reaction small and like, so that he doesn't feed off of her response, you know, like that's the classic if you do something, then something will happen. Right. Um, or you're going to get a rise out of somebody because you think it's funny.
0: And the whole, you can't control what someone else does, but you can control how you react.
1: Yes. So more reason for me as the adult in these situations to remain calm, because then I'm like seeing her in her response. And then, you know, it's like sometimes like a little mini parrot of what I might say or what my husband might say. So again, going back to co-regulation, you truly are being a model for your kids so that then they can use it in different situations. Yeah. And by use it, I mean like managing those emotions, managing being frustrated with your brother, which you're going to be for probably many years. Like and giving them lifelong
0: that, skills. And I think giving them that vocabulary to say, I don't like that. It makes me sad. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Again, like we talked about on that, that episode too like identifying the emotion that they're feeling how can they manage it like it looks like you're feeling sad why don't you go find a space away from your brother like mm-hmm. you can move your body um specifically just getting hit above the head with a golf club when you're not expecting it not that great oh poor thing, <laughs> poor thing. <laughs> but, but yeah I'm, i don't um Yeah. And kid, like we go back, like kids are going to throw these tantrums. Kids are going to put themselves on the floor. My daughter still has like that pterodactyl noise mixed with like a whale and shrieking cat and a whine all at like the same time. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, amazing for other people, not so much. Exactly. For me, but amazing. Yes. You're, it's not because it's not my kid. But I mean, we go back to it. And I think it's just to normalize that every kid is going to lose it at some point. And if your kid doesn't, it means that they, I feel like they don't have enough boundaries. Do you know what I mean? Like they probably have never heard the word no, or which is not going to be great for the long run. Like, I think it's also thinking about how can you work through some of these really difficult situations now? So it doesn't become like a major, major problem when they're 11, 13, 15
0: and teaching them how to navigate some hard emotions. It's okay. Like real life is not being happy all the time.
1: Yes. There's, and I do often see too, I mean, there's so many like Instagram accounts about like moms and, and like different groups. And some of them are helpful and some of them are like funny and just really relatable. And there are quite a few that will come up in regards to like emotions. And if kids are, upset or sad, not telling them to stop crying. Right. I just think, and they they use the example, like if you're having a hard day at work, someone doesn't come up to you and say like, stop stop feeling that way. Yeah, stop. Like they'll help you work through it. You do some problem solving, you get support. You might ask somebody to like take part of a workload like so you have just figured out how to, you still be frustrated with your work. You could still be annoyed, but like, how more annoying would it be if your boss or a colleague walked in and was just like, stop and just do what you need to do. Just get over it. Yeah. So like the same idea with our kids, even more so to, cause they don't, they just don't know. We just go back to the fact that they don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Yet. We'll talk about that one day. The power of yet. The power if you haven't of yet. heard of that word, toss it in there. It's going to be incredible. If your kid isn't doing something and you're feeling frustrated by it, my kid can't do this yet, but put a little pin in that. Um, well, I always had another thought and I lost my train of thought. Oh, when I was working at um, the mental health facility, facility, I was never formally trained in, uh, dialectical behavior therapy or DBT, but I learned a heck of a lot of it. Um, and something, a word that stuck with me is the word and hear me out. Tell me more. Um, especially when it came to putting together emotional words and then expectations we have for kids. So it's something that I will use with my children a lot, especially my daughter, where I will help her label her emotion and say, you can feel mad and still have kind hands. Ah. You can feel sad and still use your words. So instead of using the word, but like you can be mad, but don't hit me. The slight change in vocabulary and approach makes the world of a difference. Well, and I think it gives people then permission to feel how they feel. Which all emotions are okay. All emotions are fine. There are no bad emotions. Um, Yeah, like I said, I was was not formally trained, but I did, there were people that I worked with and a lot of our coping skills that we would teach were DBT in nature. Okay. Um, I think even stepping back, um, DBT, is like approaching a situation. In every situation, there are things that are in your control and things that are out of your control. So balancing that. um, But I have found the takeaway for me um, for one of the skills was really blending that emotional world with expectations. Because our kids still need expectations. They still need the structure around what's going on. How can they move through that emotion? How can they process it? How can they essentially like move on? Um, So saying like, it looks like you feel, insert emotion word, "and and what can they do? And so it's like, you're feeling, it looks like you're feeling sad and you can go take a break in your room. It looks like you're feeling disappointed. We have to leave the park and we can come back in two days or something. So the word and is just super powerful. I feel like it's been like, like I said, just a big takeaway for me. I'm going to start using that. I like that tool. It was pretty funny. I didn't notice it at first. And one of, um, it's actually like our, one of our other best friends and colleague of ours, she was like, don't you notice that everybody here uses the word and, and I was like, what are you talking about? And then after that, I was like, oh, everybody does. I was like, you know, it looks like you feel this and whatever, insert expectations. So it's like a little math equation there with the word and instead of, but.
0: I like it. Mm -hmm.
1: Me too. Do you, um, thinking of behavior and kind of getting at what you want to see the positive behaviors versus not, I have not gone to the point where I would need any kind of like sticker chart, behavior chart, um, maybe one day, but for right now we don't use anything like that for our kids. Yeah. I don't, I don't use them with my kids, at least
0: not currently. Um, I mean, I did use like a potty chart, although I don't know that he like fully understood it.
1: It might've been too early.
0: Yeah. And so I think that when when you enter the world of, of behavioral therapy, behavioral teaching, there are going to be people who are actually not supporters of sticker charts and things like that, right? Yeah. Um, I think from my own teaching experience, I have found that it helps students just kind of self-monitor on how they're doing when it comes to their behavior. And, you know, because I think let's be honest, yes, as much as we want people to be intrinsically motivated to do well, to, to do well. Right. Like, and I don't like saying like make good choices or bad, like it's not about making good or bad choices. You know, I think we've done a lot of work in expected versus unexpected, um, but I think there are going to be times where you need that, that external factor, right? Like those ext- extrinsic motivators. I talk a lot about how I, how I essentially bribed my child with chocolate, right? That's an, ext- I did
1: that. I took that suggestion for soccer for my daughter. It was a donut. extrinsic
0: motivator. It, it needed gets, it. It, it. You know what, quite frankly, it gets him to stop, reflect on his behavior and make a different choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes there's, you know, children need that, whether or not you are a supporter of that idea or not. I do think that, um, intrinsic motivation comes later in life. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I found it to be helpful with some of my students, especially when they were really struggling and it just again, it got them to pause and reflect, which is what you want them to be able to do, right? You want them to be able to stop, reflect on it. How is this impacting others? How is this impacting myself and my future? Whether that future is five minutes from now, a year from now, five years from now. Um, And let's be honest, we all have also extrinsic motivators as adults. If I, I do, you if get I
1: paid to exactly. do your job,
0: Yeah. If
1: <laughs> there's one,
0: you know, like if I'm not doing my job, I'm no longer getting paid. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's a balance. Like I said, we don't, we don't have any kind of charts or anything right now. Our kids just don't really need it. I think it's thinking about what makes sense for you and your family. What can you do consistently? um, in order for some, like a behavior plan to be effective and not to say, like, like we said, like a lot of things that we're talking about that kids are doing it's age appropriate. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they need like a lot of like that additional support that we would kind of work with those families who are in crisis. Right. And they were at a point where, you know, they, they have tried a lot. Um, and like I said, for my daughter with soccer like she got a we went got a donut and the next week she's like do I get my donut and it was like well no that's not like an every day or every time occurrence right. so Like it's a balance of of this situation too. yeah and it that will makes also sense. say it's kind of like a tricky area like you said it it's also a balance like you don't want kids to then feel like anxious to always be good well and I think that that
0: actually leads into what I, my next point was you want to be flexible enough with it that there are going to be times where, um, maybe whatever they're trying to earn, they, they do it for a week, right? Like, okay, if you can go five days, then, you know, then you earn X, Y, Z. Yeah. There are going to be days where that's not enough and it may need to be daily. It may need to be once, you know, morning versus afternoon, sometimes it even needs to be hourly. And so I think that that's where we also, as the adults need to be a little bit flexible and help regular, You know, recognize where they're at in their ability to manage their emotions. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Oh, definitely
0: that flexibility I think is key.
1: But yeah, if anyone has ever questions about like, Hey, if my kids are Doing this, or this is what I'm struggling with. Is it like getting ready in the morning? Is it transitioning from different activities? Like I feel like shooting us like on Instagram, like on our website, like question. Like I feel, you know, it's it's also very like you said, like kids specific, family specific, that there isn't a generic or like one size fits all kind of like behavioral support.
0: I think the other thing I try to point out too is not just the times I feel proud of them, but I want them to feel proud of themselves, right? To build some of that self-confidence. For so sure. really pointing that out when, when something really, you know, outstanding or something exciting has happened, like, oh my gosh, doesn't that make you feel so proud? Um, so that's always just, I think we're so used to saying like, oh, I'm so proud of you or or good job, but getting them to
1: recognize yeah. Like, didn't that make you feel proud? Like kind of switching it to like their own right um, emotions and thoughts. And I'll say too, I think that is probably the hardest or one of the hardest pieces with, you know, they say like the twos and the threes. I think this is just the age that is really hard for, I mean, we obviously don't have like teenagers yet. That's probably just another joy that we get to have down the road. Yay. But this age is They can be really frustrating, really annoying to us, but finding the positives and highlighting those, even if it seems so like, oh, well, they should be doing those things. Like they should be sharing. They should be doing X, Y, and Z, and really sharing is a tough concept. Um, Or they should be listening. Listening is a tough concept. Oh, they should be okay with change. Change is a tough concept. So, like, always highlighting and making that more of a highlight. Like, Oh my gosh, I love the way you just shared with your brother. Oh my gosh. Thank you for picking up your toys, things that we would want them to like pick up and be able to do on their own. Yeah. We have to first put in the work as the adults that you're saying to like, point it out, make it known, make it really explicit of what we see and again, we can tie that into how we feel, tie it in how they feel, but making sure you find those positives.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I um, could go on and on about that. Finding I, the positives. Yeah. And just like the power of positive interactions. I do trainings on it for school staff. So again, that's another one where like, if you have questions or, um,
1: Just want to chat more about that time where anytime, because it's so difficult that like you can get stuck in like, this is all really hard yeah. right now, but being able to, okay. At least like you said multiple times a day, be able to point out something that seems so small, but that's going to be really impactful for your kids. Yeah. And that's the behavior going to be seen more. If you can highlight the positives, if you can point out what they're doing well, what they know, maybe they struggled with previously, but they're getting better at that's How's that's going to help them manage those emotions, manage those difficult situations,
0: right? Those, that positive reinforcement. There's a really funny, um, clip from gosh, what was that show with Sheldon? Like there's the not, big bang yes, the Big Bang Theory. Okay. I don't know yeah. why I was having a brain fart. And <laughs> okay. it, but, uh, yeah. where Sheldon is like actually doing positive reinforcement with Penny. That like every time Penny does a behavior that Sheldon wants to see, uh-huh. he gives her chocolate.
1: <laughs> right. so I then, mean well, that extrinsic
0: like... motivator, but it's that it's also that positive reinforcement. So
1: yes, um, no. yeah, that's. I mean, there's just, and I think for. Like I said, for summer, it brings about a lot of fun and a lot of changes. So being able to prepare your kids as much as possible. I know we talked a bit about like what does it mean for timing? What does it look like when we leave? What does it look like when we're going to go somewhere new? Who might who might we see? Who might we see? Sorry, who or what are we going to do there? You like giving them some
0: heads up when it's time to leave instead of just saying okay, it's time to leave the
1: park. Yes. Trying to teach that time concept. Or if you're going to like, I, we just started swim lessons and my daughter's not with me. It's like her own in her own little group. And I told her like, you might feel a little nervous and you can ask your teacher, can you help me? Um, So like being able to kind of preview, like if there's going to be any hard emotions that they might feel, giving them some tools and practicing before they go um, can really help to not have such a big maybe a big emotional response. And I think,
0: you know, while we're not necessarily always working on the hardcore academics in the summer, it's a perfect time to really work on those social emotional skills that our students, I say students, because that's just, I'm so used to saying that, that our kids (laughs) are, um, that are also really important to our kids and how do they navigate relationships and how do they problem solve? Yes. Um, So it's a great time to have some fun with that while teaching those skills subtly or not so subtly. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: What does it look like to go approach somebody? How are you going to ask them to play? What if they say no? What if someone is, has a toy that you want to play with? How are you going to take turns? When will it be your turn again? I mean, there's so many aspects that go into like one social interaction. And thinking about how many we have a day, our kids are also experiencing the same things. They just really need our support and guidance and structure. And it always comes back to, if we can keep ourselves regulated in those times, our kids are just going to benefit from it instead yeah. of meeting them where they're at sometimes, which is going to happen. I do say I get frustrated with my kids. It just uh, doesn't I happen. Uh, and I walk away totally and like, that was not helpful. Right. Um, But being able to then show your kids that too. Right. It's okay to to say, I I was feeling frustrated. Mommy needed a minute. I'm back. Now let's kind of do whatever we needed to do.
0: Or apologizing. I'm sorry for yelling. Yes,
1: Yes, exactly. I was feeling frustrated. Next time I will. So much. Yes, exactly. So summer's a fun time. There's a lot of things you can do in practice. We just hope that you can remember that our kids, they're ultimately, they want to do well too. They're not there to piss us off, even though sometimes it really does seem like it. Right. Maybe at times they are, Um, but most of the time they're just trying to navigate this world, which is a really difficult one to navigate. Yeah.
0: hundred percent. So we hope you enjoy the summer. Um, Remember to be flexible and just enjoy the moments with them and find every little opportunity to just help support our kids. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all of the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at underscore and then we had kids. Thanks again, and like we say, life used to be carefree, and then we had kids.